Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Brown Ambition Christmas or whatever you celebrate. But we've got a present for you listeners. Yes, if you are looking for the perfect gift for the Brown Ambition fan in your life, head to brownambitionstore.com to get 25% off during our massive holiday sale. This deal will not be here long, so go to brownambitionstore.com and use the promo code, what is it, Tiffany? Ho, 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 but H-O-H-O-H-O. Don't get fresh now. (laughs) Use promo code ho, ho, ho to get 25% off your Brown Ambition orders. Again, this deal won't last forever, or will it? Because maybe I'll forget to stop it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Go to brownambitionstore.com, y'all. Happy, happy holidays. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're br- ambition. <laughs> hey, Mantra. <laughs> hey, happy December. I know, even though uh, because of um, global warming in the East Coast, it does not feel like December. <laughs> I mean, it's getting there, but I'm good with it. This actually reminds me of Georgia. Oh. Just rainy and mild and, you know, cold enough for a nice sweater. Yeah. I appreciate it. I finally got all my decorating done outside. I feel, I guess I feel better. It just, I think I've inherited this urge from my mother to just Christmasify everything. So I really (laughs) did the most. I really, really did. Shout out to Target. I didn't do much on the outside, but I will say my inside is nauseatingly Christmas. My sister was like, oh, I wreathed on every door. Oh, and I have these <laughs> the little inside. bell. I do these little jingle belly things on every doorknob oh, no. downstairs. Every single one. So much so that my nephew Roman was like, Auntie, you forgot you forgot this one. I was like, ooh, thanks, baby. Here, put that one on that one. Wait, so, so, so when Superman comes in to interrupt you, we're going to hear a jingle? Yeah. this week? Okay. Well, I'm on the second floor, so I didn't do the second floor, but just like that first floor is Christmas out. Because I feel like... Especially since the kids come over all the time and, and Supergirl. It's the kind of thing you remember, even though she always makes fun of me. Like, wow, it's very Christmassy in here. I'm like, oh, perhaps. Lord. That's <laughs> the opposite because I decided nothing on the inside because we can't have anything nice anymore. We've officially <laughs> hit the – we've officially – I mean, I am just – I had all these. I tried not to be so naive, but I did. I was like, you know, we're not going to let our house be taken over by toys and kid stuff. And I'm still going to keep my cute little, you know, my interior design, keep my keep my couch nice, keep my pillows nice. 
I officially gave up, took everything off the bottom three shelves of all the bookcases and nothing on the coffee table. And um, all I have inside is I do have the stockings because they're high enough to where he can't get at them, the baby. Mm -hmm. And then I did the most on the outside. So that's funny. You're like an inside out version. I know. (laughs) What's your go-to holiday decor, like shopping um, destination? Um, I actually really like, there was this place called... um, where did I go? It was, I don't remember the name of it, but like literally when you went in, oh, what is that place called? There's this place in uh, Jersey, but is it actually called the Christmas tree? It might be called Christmas, Christmas. tree shops. Yes, I that's think a, so. That's a chain. It's like the Halloween store that yes, just pops up. Yes. But it, our, yes, I went to one of those two I did here in our, in our area. I got some cute stuff because like, because I'm do I did the outside and they had these pre-lit gifts, pre-lit gifts, like little, um, you know, like, for under the tree that I, I put outside it. in my front yard. Yes. You I got those? those? Yes. Would you put them inside? Yes. I'm so tacky. Yeah, I know. And I don't like, I put them right next to the, the I know. Honestly, I love a good You need to You Christmas. need to share pictures. I need to see what, because I put them on the outside. But but they were like 30 bucks for a set of three there. And on Target.com, I'm not even kidding. They were over $100. What? For three boxes. I was like, the hell? Yeah, no, so, I, I can't remember. I got them. them last year. Thank, thank, here's the thing. Last year, I did the most.com because, you know, it was our first Christmas in the new house. And so mm. I, there was just so much stuff that I didn't even get a chance to put out. And I was glad because I honestly didn't feel like going to the different shops and things. So it was nice to just have all my tacky stuff already in the house. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but well, I'm saying it looks tacky. It's, I love it. I am just <laughs> Me too. jealous. I can't wait till next year. I mean, hopefully the baby is like, you know, not so grabby next year. Does that does that get better? I don't know. Don't tell me. Um, <laughs> but it's uh yeah, I I did do some shopping. You're right. I when I went I went to the Christmas tree shops in person. I just like had to escape the house and I had my mask on, but it it felt uncomfortable. It was too many people in there. And I quickly got what I wanted and then I, you know, got out of there. But I also have heard and I've experienced there's like a shortage of Christmas stuff this year. You know, I don't think I waited till that last of a minute. Like I, I think I went shopping before Thanksgiving and Home Goods didn't really have much. Target, like a lot of stuff was bare. And I guess part of the issue is retailers didn't expect such a huge interest in holiday stuff, I guess. And they I don't know. There's been like delays in, in in inventory and things like that. But on top of that, it seems like the opposite happened and everybody decided to like go all out for Christmas and decorate really early this year. So yeah. if you're looking, it might be slim pickings out there. Yeah, no, I I think so. I think, I, I mean, that's why honestly there's so many things that like I got ahead of time. Like even like my exercise equipment, I, I got that for myself uh, last year in December. And then when quarantine and stuff hit, I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness I did. So the, the thing that it taught me was like not to wait on certain things. Not, I mean, obviously you don't want to be tricking up all your money, but if there's something that you're really wanting and it fits within your budget, not to wait because there's no guarantee you'll have access later. So you know, yeah, yeah that's right. To... You can't even get like weights anymore. Yeah. At least I had heard that like exercise equipment is still in hot in high mm-hmm. demand because people are anticipating getting kind of like quarantined again. So I was just like, I was just so glad because literally what I asked for for Christmas from everyone, I was like, can you give me exercise stuff? Like I yoga mat and and I, I got weight. I got all these things. And I was just like, oh, people were like, you can't even get a treadmill. I had just got a treadmill in December. So it was just I was just really uh, fortunate. And it just taught me. Well, don't, don't be wait. bragging. Don't, don't be wait. bragging. You're gonna, I know. Someone's going to be like, mm, Tiffany got the good exercise. 
<laughs> as it sits there looking at me like, girl, the good it does you. I'm like, what else? And uh, whereabouts in the house do you keep this equipment for um, anyone who's curious? <laughs> I have it in the, my it's husband's man cave. <laughs> Poor man cave. I was like, it's yours, but we just share it. <laughs> mm, no, this is my Zen den is in progress. I did a lot of cleanup and I am I'm starting on, you know, I'm going to start really investing more time in making the Zen den nice. And, you know, husband has got his little zone. He's got his little area, but um, mama needs some space. And I'm going to get it. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be like part office, part workout, part like read a book on a comfy chair, mm. you know, escape for me. No, that sounds awesome. I was, honestly, I was proud of myself this past week because like off and on, like my shoulder has been like hurting because I just assume because I've been just, you know, you work more and I'm like, I'm right. I'm right handed. It's my right shoulder. So I'd gone to the doctor for it, which I was proud of myself. This was like some months back. And remember that time like, I, I pulled everything? I was like, Mandy, everything is pulled by back, my dick. Yeah. <laughs> this is when we were first home. I'm 14 and I was like, oh my God, everything is gone. And then um, everything like, you know, within like a week or so felt better and cleared up. But then this, I just had this like shoulder, like it just didn't feel right. And I was like, oh, maybe because I'm sleeping on my side too much. So I went to physical therapy for like maybe just a few weeks. And then I'm like, I'm too busy for this. And then recently it really just started like hurting again. And then I was um, reading um, this book called Contagious. I think I shared with you guys last week or no, maybe The Catalyst by Jonah Berger. Anyway, he said that people that sometimes it's actually worse to, it, it was so weird. So I'm like, is this, is this God talking? Because <laughs> he said it sometimes it's actually worse to sprain your, your, um, your shoulder than it is or to sprain your arm than it is to break your arm. And I was like, wait, because he was trying to explain how people don't change when something is mild. That like mm. when you sprain your arm, you're like, you're more likely to deal with it. You're like, oh, the, you know, the barrier to change is like, it's not that bad. I can live with it. It'll go away. But if you break your arm, it's you can't live with a broken arm. You go to the mm. doctor, you get your treatment. And I just was thinking that to myself that oftentimes having a sprained arm actually has bigger and long lasting, a more, a more of a, like a, a larger and long lasting effect than a broken arm. And I thought, wow, that is what I'm doing. I'm like, it's not so bad. It's just, it hurts just a little, not all the time. So I, I made it um, my priority. I went to physical therapy because you could do walk-in um, for up to a month with my insurance. Um, you don't have to get like a, um, a doctor's like, you know, script. Mm-hmm. I went to physical therapy and she was like, yes. She's like, honestly, Tiffany, it's just wear and tear, basically. You sleep on your side for like the last, you know, 41 years. And she's like, then, you know, you work a lot on the computer. Also, too, I play tennis from second grade all throughout college, you know, and I'm right-handed. So she was just like, it's wear and tear. But the thing is, like, if you didn't come in and you didn't kind of like retrain the other muscles around whatever, like the muscle in my shoulder that's been weakened or whatever, then it could be permanent damage. So I was just really glad that I want and I encourage you, if you're like, I need a sign, this is it. Like if there's that that little niggling ache, that little like, well, I can, no, go get it checked out, honestly, because something that could be so mild at first that if you would have taken care of it and like, because she said it's probably six weeks of six week of therapy, three days a week, which is a big commitment. Or you could just not use the arm in two years. I was like, you know what? I want to use my arm in two years. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it. Thanks. I'll keep the arm. You're you're right. And I think a lot of, well, first of all, I do feel like women, it's so much easier for us to put ourselves last when it comes to healthcare appointments. Mm -hmm. I mean, my son has been to the doctor, like, 
it feels like a hundred million times this year and I haven't been since I had him. I was like, well, I mean, everything was fine when he was born. So I guess I'm still fine. I do. Yeah. I need to do like a checkup and stuff. And I think with like COVID times and the pandemic, it's also easier to put that stuff off because you say, well, it's not really safe to be out, but it's almost to this at this point, the virus is a risk, yes, but there's so many other ways to die. Like there's also still a lot of other things that could be wrong. So getting yourself checked out is important. So thanks for that reminder, Tiff. I'm gonna I thought I did pretty good because I, you know, got my prescription renewed for my glasses. So everyone's always asking where my glasses are from. I'm about to get some new ones. <laughs> yeah, and I start my my um start my like coaching on um on Friday, so I'm excited about that. I was like, you know, I, I feel like I want to lean into, like, I feel like I'm in a new season of self-care, hmm. you know? Like, so new season of self-care. Yeah, because I'm always like, because I always tell myself, like, well, Tiffany, you work on yourself a lot. I'm like, no, you work on your business. You don't mm. work on Tiffany. Don't get it confused. And so I was like, this is true. Like, am I really taking care of myself? Like, mm. I'm, I'm walking, like, more, because I really enjoy walking, listening to, like, podcasts and and books for the, for the enjoyment of it and so like I you know it's easy to pour into the budgetista but I have not been pouring into Tiffany and I've just really like I don't want to look up and be like girl you have not like you know what do you do that you enjoy for you and are you taking care of yourself I'm still young and I don't want to like you know I want to because I look at my father for example he's 77 he still plays tennis three times a week I mean when outside was open He's still really active and that's, he's always prioritized things that he's enjoyed, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and as a result, because he never stopped moving, he can continue to move, you know? And so I just thought about that, like, huh, I want to be 77 like daddy and, and continue to like enjoy life and, and, you know, and, and exercise and like, he's just always been like that. So I'm just like, yeah, like if, like I said, if you're looking for a sign to enter into your, your, your stage of of self-care, whatever that looks like, then do so because do you deserve it. Yes, do it, do it. <laughs> one of one of the best things I did this year for my body, other than get the Peloton, which really has been so amazing, um, is get a is get a proper desk chair. And mm. I know we have got some listeners out there who are sitting in their like, you know, taking the dining room chair, the chair <gasps> they used to do their makeup in, or like the How folding chair by the garage, me, or the lawn chair. You're like, have a little hap, you know, you have your little cobbled together workstation. It's been a long time, and if you're if you're lucky enough to work from home, you know, we're all so fortunate if we can still work from home and be safe. But get yourself a proper desk chair because when I tell you. Wayfair.com, I got the most, I got this really great chair and it has changed ever. I'm like, I forgot what it feels like. My butt feels amazing. It doesn't like go numb after an hour. Got lumbar support. It took me so long and I wish I had done this sooner because my back and all the aches and stuff, even my legs would be tired. So that's something small. If you're looking for like a Christmas gift, I don't think a good desk chair would, would ever be a bad thing to get for yourself or ask a loved one to get you. Tiffany, did you say that you don't have a... I, I mean, I have a chair that... I mean, it is a desk chair, technically, and it's really cute, but mm. I suspect... Exactly. So one thing that my um, my uh, physical therapist said, uh, Dr. Lewis, he said, I got one of those... What are those? Like, it looks like a... Like a 
like a cylinder, like a cylinder pillow. I forget. Oh what yeah, it's- lumbar support. Thingy. Yeah. So I'm actually I have it night right now, and he said it's to remind you to like you know sit up, and I have some exercises to do at home in between my um, um in between my appointments, and so I'm sitting with it right now, and I can feel the difference. It is. He's like it's a reminder to kind of like sit back. So because I've got really terrible posture, I started mm-hmm. sl- slouching when I started to grow tall. And I was like, because I didn't want, you know, to be tall. <laughs> and so, like, he's just like, you know, so I, got, I ordered it as soon as I got home because he sent me, like, you know, what to get. Um, so, yeah, no, you're right. I, I said that, I too. I was like, I, I want to possibly switch out this chair, maybe find one. Because I'm going to be in, in the chair a lot. Or, you know what I really want? Because didn't you used to have this, like, um, when you worked at Yahoo, you had a standing desk? Did you have a standing desk? Yeah, I've always had a standing desk. We had one at our my old office. God, I haven't been there forever. Yeah, standing desks are actually really easy to come by now. You can get one for not that much mm-hmm. um, on Amazon or Wayfair or any of those sites. And and if you don't want like a full-on standing desk, which, you know, you have to like plug it into an outlet and it goes up and down with a button. I've seen you can also get the um, these little kind of like a breakfast in bed tray, but it's for your laptop and it goes mm-hmm. up and down. And you can put it on your desk, like, or on your kitchen counter or whatever, and you can push, you just put that up and down versus okay. having to move a whole desk. Um, those have worked for people. Yeah. I think I was going to get one of those too, because I actually, you know, just to have like a different, like, um, to you know, to move my body. Exactly. So I, saw I mean, somebody... obviously, sitting all day is never a good, no matter how comfortable your exactly. chair is. You don't want to be sitting all day. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't believe we haven't talked about that before, but. Yeah, getting like an ergonomic setup. Oh, it makes it sounds it sounds luxurious. And hey, ask your company if they will reimburse you if you work for a company. I know our company reimbursed up to five hundred dollars for work at home supplies, and it still took me months until I ordered mine. I was like, "Ooh, it's going to expire December first. Let me let me get that chair." Yes. Um, but yeah, just see. You know, you never know what benefits you might be leaving on the table, and it makes, like I said, a big difference. What else can we tell the people? Eat your spinach? <laughs> no, uh. but definitely like look into, because you're right, FSA. Like I, this is always the time of year that my husband, because he wears glasses, even though he doesn't wear them like he should. Definitely, you know, you want to make sure that if you have money, um, mm. that you're not leaving any money kind of like on the table and lean in and use it because it's your, especially with, with HSA, you don't lose it. But with FSA, if you don't use it, you lose it. So. You do. Sometimes it'll roll over to the next quarter, but double check. FSAstore.com is one of my favorites because everything there, but even yes. like CVS and Walgreens, they all label stuff FSA approved or, or FSA eligible. Uh, just don't do what I did and uh, stock up on uh, baby sunscreen. Listen, a baby is very small. <laughs> they don't need that much sunscreen <laughs> and that stuff expires. Oh so I'm <laughs> looking at these dates like, I think I might have put it on them like twice. Yo, that is also, hilarious. Also, they shouldn't be in the sun like that. So why do they even sell it? I know. Uh, <laughs> no, you really should. It's like, well, if your baby lives in Zimbabwe, this is different. But yeah. if not, you might not need all the sunscreen. Yeah. That's the story. Really small. It's true. You're like, oh. <laughs> they don't got that much skin. I know. I'm like trying to slather it on him. Like, he really doesn't need this. But you won't use the sunscreen. <laughs> oh, poor Rio. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, no, um, but that's I think a good it's, end of your it's, tip. It's, it's nearing the end of the year, and I think now it's like really just a good time to kind of like take stock and and prepare. I mean, I would. This is what I encourage people who had like a hard financial time, you know, this year, is to ask yourself like, 
if you could go back to December 20, uh, 2019, and if you knew like, oh my gosh, 2020 is going to be kind of a rough financial year, what would you have done differently? And to start to, to start to like employ those things now. Cause one of the things I, you know, after the first recession basically took me all the way out. I remember once I, as I was rebuilding my life, I was like, okay, if another recession comes, cause it's going to, what do you wish you would have done differently? And I started to slowly but surely, because I didn't have any money really to start at first, but I started to slowly but surely do those things like build my emergency you know, account, know what my noodle budget is. And that's just your, if you had to eat ramen noodles budget, your bare bones basic budget, like know what that number is, um, my the monthly cost of my bare bones expenses. And slowly but surely to employ those things so um, next time around, I wouldn't be caught not ready. And so mm-hmm. this this recession, or just really th- these times, um, you know, although they were, I mean, they weren't rough for me, thankfully. Uh, but even if I didn't have the successful businesses, the truth is, I I'm a it turned me into a saver. Um, the mm-hmm. two, the, you know, the 2008 recession, and I would have been a saver, like regardless of whether it was budget Easter or not, because I was like, uh, uh-uh, I don't ever want to be caught, you know, not ready. So that's what I just encourage folks to kind of take stock and to figure out what you can do to work into the new year to be prepared for the, to be prepared just in case something should happen again. Isn't it so hard to do the right thing around the holidays though? It just seems like it's, it's, it's one thing to have fallen hard times in March. It's another thing to still be on hard times when the holidays roll around and you yeah. have kids. And my heart goes out to parents because I know that you want to give your kids the Christmas of their dreams and, uh, it's and and even just like looking at, I opened up like the weekly flyer, which I don't ever do, but anyway, I opened up Target's flyer, and the first ten pages are toys, 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 and it's so. And and another sign, um, I was on a call earlier with our our content team at Lending Tree, and I think our personal loans team was celebrating because our holiday personal loan, our holiday debt loan article page is getting five hundred percent growth in traffic, five hundred percent. And to me, that's like, yay, our article's really good about how to handle, you know, borrowing money for holiday spending, but also I like, know. please, dear God, think before you take out debt. I mean, yes, it's better to take out like a personal loan than it could be better, I should say, depending on the rate that you get than using a, a you know, a double digit interest rate credit card. But it just, I just, a word, and Listen, my mom, I'll never forget the Christmas after my parents got divorced and my mom couldn't afford anything. And like her coworkers, you know, got together and got us a bunch of um, little gifts and like little Crayola sets. Um, She really leaned on her tribe, her community, you know, community and friends and family for help. And I know that there's families out there struggling with 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 kids um, and you want to do everything for them. But as much as you can um, try to like readjust your own expectations and and be okay with a thinner yeah. Christmas um, holiday season. Just, yep. it's okay. You don't feel, and I, I'm saying this as a parent, and I just, you know, I, I literally was on a ladder by myself in 32 degree weather putting up lights for my baby. Like, I know you want to do everything for them. I just, I'm worried and I, I just, I want people to, to, to settle in and be okay with where they're at right now financially and keep your eye on the long game. Keep your eye on not just the, the unwrapping a gift that'll entertain them for a little while or, you know, for a, a couple hours, honestly. And think about, you know, really, like Tiffany said, taking stock and, and thinking about the future mm-hmm. in the long game. Because um, that's that's what's important, it ultimately. 
Okay, well, are you are you ready for my favorite part of the show? Yeah, I think we covered everything. Um, do your exercise, <laughs> health, eat your spinach. Save your money. Um, don't take out tons of debt for your holidays. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with your questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Black. I mean, back, but we are black. <laughs> I love that joke. Equally true. Um, <laughs> what are our questions? <laughs> I'm just going to make a soundbite of that and play it back for giggles. I love that joke. That's a good joke, Tiff. All right. Thank you all for your questions. If you have questions, we are always open. You can hit us up, Brown Ambition Podcast on the gram or brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Let's see. So this listener on the gram, she would like to be referred to as Maya, but she has a question about some debt. Maya says, I've been listening to the podcast like clockwork for the last year or so. You two are my older cousins in my head that forever (laughs) drop the financial gems I need to adhere to. As a millennial who has racked up a good amount of debt from primarily credit cards, I'm seeking some advice. Unfortunately, for years, my credit cards have been my emergency fund when unforeseen Mm -hmm. events happen. Currently, I have just under $10,000 that I've narrowed down to one card. My question is, I want advice on how do I get better odds of getting a balance transfer credit card that would cover the entire $10,000 balance. I've used balance transfer offers previously, and they're great, but the issue is they never cover the full amount. I am not in a position where I want to create another bill paying two cards. Are there any tips to getting a card that will cover the full 10K so I can take my financial freedom back? Thank you. Maya, Maya the Bee. You're too young, but there used to be this cartoon on Nickelodeon called Maya the Bee. Who remembers? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I used to love that show. That's what Maya reminded me of. But... Oh, Maya, I think you are lamenting on what all of us lament on because you're like, it's it's like spinning the, um, it's not Wheel of Fortune. What was that game show? It's like Drew with, it was like the old guy who you would spin the wheel and it was like big money, big money, big yes, money. The price, price is, right. is right. Yes. Yes. So 
the only way that I have seen is really the the more your income is, because you have to like self-report, then you know, then you have a better chance of getting a, a higher balance for your balance transfer card, a higher limit for your balance transfer card. But it sucks because you can ask ahead of time, they're not gonna tell you, because I tried. Hmm. That so the the better your your credit score and the more your income is, then the more likely you are. But I'm not gonna lie, I I've done a couple of balance transfers, I've never gotten 10000 Not that it's impossible. And th- that was some years ago, so maybe my income wasn't high enough. But yeah, there's no... I mean, maybe, my, Mandy, you know you know better, but I haven't found a magic sauce other than better, better um, credit score and a higher income to report. Yeah, there really isn't one. And it's like Tiffany says, you're not going to find out how much you get approved for until you apply and see. So that's the unfortunate thing about, you know, balance transfer credit cards. I would say, you know, worst case scenario, if you apply and you're able to get, I mean, it does sound like if you've been qualifying for balance transfer offers, your credit score in spite of your debt is probably fairly good. You you typically need a, a pretty good credit score to qualify for those 0% interest balance transfer offers. But let's say, you know, you apply for another 0% intro balance credit card and it covers $5,000 and you really want to get that debt paid off. I mean, you could try to go to a credit union or an online lender. And if your credit score is really good, you know, see about a personal loan, like a debt consolidation loan. Um, Obviously, you'll pay some interest on that, but it could be a lot less than what you're paying on your credit card debt and, you know, give you some relief. But I I definitely feel like the symptom, this is a symptom of the, you know, the the reliance on debt. And it sounds like you, you know, you're aware of that problem. um, But I really just, I I hope whatever you do, um, you keep on the path toward paying that down and definitely staying on top of the intro periods on those balance transfers so you don't get caught with my least favorite deferred interest getting tacked onto it if you if you aren't able to pay it off before that intro period's over. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it doesn't sound as, because I definitely remember the first time I was like, I was approved. Wait, what? How much? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I've never done what my husband has. And I think we did, I think he got like 5,000, but it's, you know, banks, the balance transfers ultimately for their benefit because they're getting you to spend money on their credit card instead of your existing bank's credit card. Um, they're not trying to, you know, they're, they, it's a fine balance. They have to, they definitely like the fact that people are in debt enough to want to switch to their, you know, intro period credit card, but they kind of want you to stay in debt too. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't quite behoove them to, you know, give you everything you need to pay off your debt. Um, but that's a good question, though, and, and good luck on your debt payoff journey. It sounds like you've made a lot of good progress and you're yeah, doing it. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Congrats. Major kudos, my friend. You are on your way. All right, let's take another question. This one comes also from the gram, and she would like to remain, oh, she or he mm, um, would like to remain anonymous. <laughs> All right. She says, a friend recently put me onto your podcast and I'm thankful beyond measure to have access to your platform. I'm reaching out for any support you can offer. I'm seeking guidance with my savings account. I've managed to save close to $40,000 and I just have no idea what to do with it. I already have a life insurance policy that I contribute to annually and a 403B through work. I initially began saving to have cash to put down on a home, but once the pandemic hit, I had to relocate and home ownership is now on the back burner until personal things get on track. I guess my question is, how can I capitalize on the money I've saved? Is there a better place to hold this much money other than my Bank of America savings account? 
My goal is to have $50,000, and with my current budgeting plan, I should be able to get there by March, which is awesome. But then what? Question mark. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I'm going to call them Logan, so that he or she, right? Sure. I feel like Logan's such a great, like, he, she name. You know, it doesn't matter. Gender neutral. I'm all about it. Right? But <laughs> Lolo. First of all, BA, not black, brown ambition, but Bank of America, I, please run. Um, <laughs> meaning as far as, like, leaving your money in your, in a, um, in a traditional, uh, I mean, they're not giving much interest away, but I suspect that BA is literally, <laughs> they they were I mean, giving a piece of piece of A because like we're BA, so. B, yeah, B of A, yeah, yeah let's do B mm-hmm. of A. B of A. So B of A, I bet you they're not even giving like a piece of a penny anywhere. They're just giving lint, pocket lint now because, they, you know, they, tra- traditional banks tend to give like the worst interest pay, pay you know, um, mm-hmm. as far as pay to to a savings account. So at the very least, switch on over to an online-only bank. Like, for example, if you go to magnifymoney.com, that's like my favorite site to find online-only banks. And just type in, like you click on the savings um, button and you can see a bunch of them listed. You're just going to look for who's paying out the highest interest currently, zero um, deposit required or like a dollar deposit required that you can keep like a dollar in order to earn the highest interest that they're paying out. And that they that it's given at least a, an A. I always look for an A because Magnify Money does a really great thing where they give them grades. But here's, I mean, I know everybody's wanting to like put their money to work, but mm-hmm. you haven't. She didn't really. Well, Logan didn't share if um, they had emergency savings, right? Right, Mandy. Well, she does say that she. Let's just say she. Logan. I'm like getting myself Logan. into trouble. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Logan said that they have a 403b through work and they pay into a life insurance policy. I'm going to guess this 40k. They say that they put it aside to save up for a home. Let's assume that this is down payment money, but also emergency savings. Mm, that's what I got the vibe, right? Yeah. That like low, low, I would say, I would add, like figure out what your noodle budget is. Meaning like if your life costs you typically say 5,000 bucks a month, but if you just pay for the essentials, it's 3,000 bucks, let's just pretend. So 3,000 times six months is $18,000. So then 18,000 should just honestly just... That's your first line of defense. It should just be saved. That's it. And then the other component is where you might want to, if depending when do you need it. Low, if you're like, oh, I might want to buy a house in two years. Well, maybe you don't want to put it into the market. But if you're like, you know what? I don't know when I'm going to want to buy a house. I don't mind leaving the money alone for three to five years. And you might want to look in, into um, slowly but surely putting money into an index fund so you can see if you'll get like a, you know, a, a better return than you would in savings. So I guess it all depends on like what her, what Logan's um, goals are. Yeah. If you know, like if, if you don't have, emer- I always say start with emergency savings and then work from there. What do you think, Mandra? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a question we got last week. I forget the particulars, but I know at a certain point we were like, look, when it comes to us, when it comes to savings that you want easily accessible, like you don't have to overthink it. Just put it in a savings account. And, you know, B of A is nothing special in terms of big banks. Every big bank out there, you know, your Chase's, your oh, TD banks, your, uh, I'm just, any big bank, like they all, tr- they, the traditional brick and mortar banks typically give you really low to nothing rates on your savings. So you're not going to make money on your savings. And online-only banks, like Tiffany said, yes, they often have much, much higher yields on their savings accounts, but they're still like 
1% maybe these days, like less than 1%. They're not amazing. They're not like gonna make you, you know, rich on rich on rich the way that, you know, you can really, you know, you can really compound your returns, your return on investment through investing in the stock market. You just have to like adjust your expectations and remember what the money is in the savings account for. The money in your savings account, you know, the way that I approach it, it's not to grow wealth. This is to protect what you have and protect yourself for the future, to protect yourself against debt and to save for short-term goals. So it sounds like what you have right now in savings is like, okay, some cushion for for protection, which is really important. And then also for a short-ish term, you know, even though you're not gonna buy a house now, like Tiffany said, you might wanna get one in the next one to two years. That to me is still a short enough timeline to say, you know, keep it in a bank account. And, you know, if you wanna switch it, definitely, you know, you could, I don't know what the math is. Like if you, if you, you know, switch that, put that 40K into a high interest account, you'll certainly earn some money on that money. And like, who wants to not do that if you have the option? So do that. But then, you know, you just don't, 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 don't expect more out of your savings account than what it's meant for. And when you're ready to, you know, upgrade to a brokerage account and just go ahead and invest in the stock market, excuse me, you have to sort of start from, okay, what are my goals and in which order? So emergency fund, tick. Down payment for a house, tick. Then Mm -hmm. what other goals do you have if they're in the short term? And then keep extending those goals out to the long term. And it's that like, for me, past five years, that's when I feel like, you know, definitely trying to invest in the stock market might make the most sense. Yeah. And 40K sounds like a lot, but Tiffany, once you start doing that math of like, even with your, even with your, um, you know, your conservative budget there of like 6K a month. Wait, what did you, yeah, 18K. That's mm-hmm. already half of that savings. And then yep. if you put in another 20K for a down payment and you don't want to like, you don't want to buy a house and then have nothing in the bank. You need to have, you want to have something left over. So you don't want to put the full 40K into a house so that you have zero savings left over. What if something happens? Like our, our plumbing just blew up, you know, six months into owning a house. So you want to have, you know, cash cushions set aside for that as well if you're going to become a homeowner. No, absolutely. And you're right. Because I mean, 40K, it's a a lot of money until you start to really, Mm. until you start to disperse it, you know, to say, because that's what you're wanting. The the stronger the foundation, the better. I mean, everyone has financial challenges at some point. So what you're wanting to do is, is like, okay, what do I, what can I do to help to leverage against that? Like, okay, if I've got a if I've got my emergency savings, if I've put, you know, a decent amount down in the house, if, you know, I'm living already living below my means, it's like the non-fun things. Mm-hmm. But those are the things when things get rough, it's not as rough for you because you've put those things into place. And I think that's the place that like, you know, Mandy and I, because, you know, we we weren't living these like footloose and fancy free financial lives. But as a result, this year, although, you know, it's not been easy, we haven't been devastated by it. Yeah. And I mean, I also feel like, um, oh, dang it. My mom brain just kicked in. What was I gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like if you're walking, if you're like climbing a tree and then all of a sudden the branch is gone. That's kind of what mom brain is like. <laughs> oh, And the tree is my train of thought. Let's just skip it. I don't know. For any mom <laughs> listening, I'm going to keep this in the podcast so you don't feel alone. Oh, oh it's the Meanwhile, worst. I'm like, well, what do you call my brain? Because I'm always like, wait, who am I? Because <laughs> <laughs> literally you're like, you know, you do that thing, you come to the kitchen or whatever. You're like, 
what am I looking for? What did I come in here for? And you're like, I don't want to go back upstairs because I know I'm going to remember as soon as I get to the third floor. I found a robot in the fridge yesterday. So that's me. Oh. Yep. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you, Logan or Lolo, as we've already nicknamed your fake name. Uh, Thank you for your question. (laughs) If y'all want to answer or if you want us to answer your questions, hit us up. Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram or brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Now it's time to boost or break or boost or break or boost or break. Well, I want to, um, I guess I want to boost. Have you heard of Clubhouse, Mandra? Crackers? No, Clubhouse. <laughs> no. No. Have you never heard of Clubhouse? It's my husband's favorite crackers. No, I have not. For real? No. No. Yes. No. Oh, my God. I'm stressed. No, no, what no, is no. It? I'm surprised because I feel like everybody's been talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. So Clubhouse is like this new app that it's a new social app. Yay. But it's different in that it's completely audio. So what happens with Clubhouse, it took me a while to figure out how to use it. So what happens is, and you let me know, Manja, because I've got like some invitations if you want me to invite you to Clubhouse. Mm-hmm, okay. Is that um, you have to have an, an Apple, like either like a, a iPhone or iPad. You know me, I'm Android all the way as far as my, like my computer is a Mac, but my phone. So I was like, guess I won't join because you can't do it on your computer. But then I won an iPad. And if you know cheapy me, I was like, that's the only reason why I joined. But you have to be invited by like a friend that's already in there, which it's not hard to find someone that's um, already in there. And then what happens is there's like, you can host a room. You could literally, I can click right now, start a room. And then I could, I could start teaching a lesson. So people can't see you, but they can hear you. And sometimes most people join host. So like you and I might both talk about like, Hey, Mandra, let's put, let's do a a Brown ambition room where we talk about like, you know, how, you know, how to launch a podcast and then we'll talk. And then you can invite people on stage with you kind of like, so you and I could be talking and someone might raise their hand because there's like a button you can click to raise your hand and we might pull someone on stage and then they can talk and share. And then they go back into the audience. I'm not going to lie. At first I was kind of like, I don't like, I don't like. <laughs> Cause I was, it was weird to me. I was like, I don't care. So is it social um, media? It is okay. social media, which I was like, oh, another social media thing. And so a friend of mine hosted like a welcome party for me. Which is not really a welcome party. It's just basically a room to say, welcome, Tiffany the Budget needs to the clubhouse. And so people kind of gave me like their best practices. So what I do like is that, for example, it's a really great, I guess, especially with everyone being home now, especially if you're kind of by yourself, it's great because you can actually hear human voices, like real people. Mm-hmm. And so some of the rooms have been great. I think I didn't like it at first because some of the rooms, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what are they talking about? But there'd be interesting rooms. Like today I was in a room about like, you know, a marketing and I love marketing. So I was like listening to successful people who were successful at marketing talk about marketing. Or sometimes you have an interesting room where they're playing like charades or whatever, like games. I think like, oh, this is fun. Or like there was a room where they were like um, music folks like Jermaine Dupree and like some other like musicians and things. They were talking about, um, he was actually hosting a room called the DJ and how important the DJ is to music. So if I was a young DJ, I'd be like really excited to be in a room with like a Jermaine Dupree and some other like, you know, famous DJ. So it's like very democratizing, which I kind of like because like, there was one room that um, they did a couple weeks ago called Kevin Hart is Not Funny and Kevin Hart joined the room. <laughs> yes. Awkward. Yes. And he was like, oh, and they let him talk. And he basically, he was like, yeah, black women never support black men, whatever he said. But 
I mean, but you can like yeah. hear his voice. This sounds yes. interesting and also kind of creepy. As a child who, you know, was inter- you know, when the internet became a thing when I was like twelve, it was like ooh, MSN <laughs> chat rooms, and it was like, <laughs> that's like so, the yes. vibe I'm getting. <laughs> it's very it, it's a it's a chat room, but like to actually connect and hear. No one's going to be like so, ASL. Okay, good. Yeah. So I, well, I, like some of the rooms, you're just like this is weird, but I, you could choose whatever room you could. So you can kind of poke your head in. So sometimes I'll like listen and I'm like. I would say at least once a day, I'll look to see if there's anything like interesting that I'm wanting to learn about. Like sometimes they'll have, they had a room like how to take your business from six figures to seven figures, you know. So, um, so yeah. So I would say that it's it's interesting. I, I will send you an invite so you can uh, join and you'll see if you like it. But I will say like you definitely want to because there's so many notifications. I'm glad because I don't really use my ad, iPad because I'm. Like, I don't even know how to use it that well. I'm not going to lie since I just got it. But so the good thing is, is that I'm actually happy that it's on my iPad because I don't use it. So I have to like, the only time I use it is for Clubhouse. So I would say maybe once or twice a day. <laughs> so like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm definitely, my interest is peaked. I don't know how I don't know about this, but it yeah. sounds really funny. <laughs> I will send you an invite. You know, I'm glad. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, like I said, I think it would like I said, it it might be fun to host a room or like I said, just to go in and listen to like interesting conversations. And hmm. yeah, I, I have to say, because uh, my sister, I gave her an invite. Um, The sister, you guys love the, the investing sister. And she's joined a bunch of investing rooms and she's like, they've been really interesting and she's learned a lot of stuff. So, you hmm. know, if you can, here's the thing that's so crazy. You can like wake up three o'clock in the morning and there are people like with rooms, like discussing wherever, because, you know, people live all over the world. So, um, and you can't so, yeah. see, it's just voices. Yeah, which, that's why I think people like it. So you don't have to get cute. You literally just voices. Can you just chime in with, you just add to the conversation? So what happens is, is that like, if you and I were to say like, literally there's like a green button. I might say, Manny, let's start a room. So mm. we'll like, start a room. You and I are in there. People would come in and they're, they're, at first they're in the audience. We can either click someone and say, I'm inviting you to speak or they can click a hand button where it basically raises their hand uh, and then we can say... It's like so the IG good thing TV, is, IG video thing, like an IG live, yeah. Yeah, without the without the video. So that way without you don't have to... Video. You don't have to be cute. But so you don't... Like if we don't want anyone to speak, but you and I, then you don't have to invite anyone to speak, which is kind of nice too. So it's not like you're... But, you know, you might like you might want to take questions or like you might want like I was in a room the other day. It was like Ava DuVernay. It was like I think it was like um, black Hollywood producers or whatever. And it was a bunch of amazing people. And the, and the conversation was interesting, but it didn't really re- resonate with what I was working on or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like, oh, my God, I'm in here all day. And I'm like, ah, OK, I now. Mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's definitely <laughs> interesting, but I don't. I have not been. I have not felt the need to be, be in there all day. But I think that you, would, like I said, you would enjoy it. And um, so I will send you an invite to Clubhouse. Let me in the Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I know the it's, password. It's, it's really new. Like I said, I think it came out in May of this year. So like May or March this year. So it's super super new. So that's probably okay. why I didn't hear it. Well, my mom hasn't told me about it, so I know it's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Got a TikTok. I'm going to do a boost. I read this headline on CNN. It says that black millennials have been driving a 2020 homebuyer surge among black Americans. So mm-hmm. shout out to black millennials and the emphasis on black homeownership. Like I think on this show, obviously, Tiffany and I have gone through home purchases and all that stuff. But we talk about the power of owning and how I mean, we could, how do I go? You can't really go into the history of um, of how 
how Black Americans have been held back from wealth generation in the in the form of property. So to see the an increase in Black homeownership is really great. And according to this article, <clears throat> some stats for you. 3% rise in Black homeownership in 2019. And this came in despite of the pandemic-fueled economic upheaval for all Americans, but especially Black Americans. So 3% is not nothing, and it's better than years past. And also, just to, like, point out, you know, Black homebuyers were still... It's 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 great to see some gains, but we're still a very small percentage of all home buyers. So only five percent of Americans who bought homes in the first part of 2020 were black. Um, but the 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 three percent um, increase in in black homeowners has really been driven by black millennials. So shout out to us, black millennials. Yes. And this this gives me this gives me hope because I you know I I feel like of course homeownership. It's traditional. Not everyone needs a house. You don't need a house as part of your, you know, wealth building journey, but it's so meaningful. And, you know, I think about my little brother and I remember um, earlier this year, he was like, I don't know. I just feel like if I buy a house, like, what's the point? And I would talk to him about, you know, generational wealth and and as a black, single black man in his 20s, what that, what that says for him to own property and like how you know, our ancestors never could have dreamed of that. And he is on his, he's almost, um, he's buying a house in the Atlanta area. He's he's on the hunt right now and he already owns a condo. And yeah, I'm really, pr- I'm, I'm proud of him. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see this. And I, I certainly feel like based on the questions we're getting from our listeners, a lot more people like black millennials are, you know, in the home buying market and, it's so it's good. It's good to see us there. And let's continue it for sure. Yes, I do. Like I honestly I love that because even in this neighborhood, I was a little nervous because uh where I live in Newark is is like one uh, I would say probably yeah, the houses are probably the most expensive in this neighborhood. It's called the Forest Hill section. It's just really beautiful historic homes and and um a, a number of years ago in the New York Times I did a um an article about like the hidden gem in Newark and it was filled with like older folks. And so many of them are moving out because the houses, some of these houses are huge because they are built in 1910. They have like seven bedrooms. And, you know, some of these folks are like, oh, why, why am I, you know, living in this huge house? And so they're selling. And what I love is that I'm seeing a lot of black and brown families buy because that was my biggest worry is that mm-hmm. they were going to sell and the neighborhood was going to totally gentrify, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not seeing that, honestly, like... I would say, you know, more than half, if not 60 to 70 percent that I've seen when they're when they have sold. I'm like, I look to see like who comes out. And I'm like, yeah, a brown face. Yes. yes. You know, <laughs> so it's nice because Newark, honestly, during all the social upheaval has been like a racial safe haven for myself and my family. Because I don't, you know, aside from, you know, dude across the street, but he's moving. Hey, hey. Um, Keith. So. Bye, Keith. <laughs> yeah, bye, Keith. Crazy Keith. <laughs> Right. So, um, so yeah, so I think that that's awesome. And I just love the fact that, you know, we are, we are participating in foundational wealth. Yes. I love our neighborhood so much. It's been majority black since it was founded in the early 1900s. And we're actually, I've seen a different side in 2020. I feel like it's brought all of the neighbors together. Like we had a, there was a Halloween block party, social distance, and it was really cute around Halloween. And then I just made a flyer for our community tree lighting. We're going to do a tree lighting in our neighborhood. And this isn't like, we don't pay dues. We don't have like a homeowners association. It's just 
people in the neighborhood getting together, figuring out Zoom and just being good to your neighbors. So it's, I, I love it. I, this is a dream for me and I, I'm so happy that we found this little, this little yes. gem of a neighborhood. And it's, I love that. And it's something that a lot of like, if you're in a neighborhood, I mean, it just feels, obviously we're all isolated, but I've seen I've seen how it brings people together in a corny and lovely way. I love cheesiness. Yes. I just love it. Come on. It's the holidays. So even <laughs> if it's not like, and you can just buy a tree for 50 bucks and make a little neighborhood tree lighting for yourselves. I don't know. But, you know, just taking cookies to a neighbor, trying to think of yes. something small you can do for your community. You don't know who's out there feeling lonely or falling on hard times. And it's, I'm, I'm fortunate that we live in a neighborhood that seems to be you know, looking out for one another. And I, I, I we all need that. So um, I, I hope that, you know, it's not just here and that y'all can find small ways to, to give back and spread cheer, you know, wherever you are in your communities. I grew up in one, like a very like neighborhoody neighborhood when I was like, I would say like, you know, zero to uh, nine or 10. And so I remember like, you know, riding bikes and like literally like it was, I, I called it like a kid neighborhood where almost every house had a kid and, you know, all the parents were like, oh, you know, yeah, I fed your kid dinner tonight. It was very leave it to beaver. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize until we moved how special that was, you know? So having that is really awesome because my parents felt like, you know, I mean, of course you always keep an eye out, but it was like, it felt relatively safe. Like I, it just, it allowed me to be a kid. Like as long as I stay on this block, I could ride my bike freely. I knew Danielle's house had the best ribs. I knew Adari's house. <laughs> Her for, I was agreeing. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know who had cable TV. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> she was the only child. So she had like the Barbie dream house. So I was like, ooh, let me suck up to Danielle because I want to play with the Barbie dream house. At Darius house, they would always have um, seafood. I never had like actual crabs before. I was like, you guys are having crabs? I'm playing with her today. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it just was really just like having that kind of close neighborhood. It's just, it, it's a blessing, honestly. And so like, I'm happy that you have that. So, <sighs> well... I'm feeling all squishy and lovey because of the holiday. So spread some holiday cheer. I mean, times is dark, but they're getting brighter. They really are. They are. Um, they are. Yes. Well, shall we call it a show? I think that we should. And, you know, well, before we close, let me, I'm going to give you my Instagram of the day. So there is a funny, um, this is guy, he's super Philly. If you're from Philly, um, his name is Vision Poet. That's his IG. And he does these, like, um, he tells stories of, like, his youth. Like, not youth, like, um, well, yeah, youth. Like, when he was, like, in high school and college, he tells them. So he used to be a poet, so he's a really good storyteller. Well, he's still a poet. But anyway, he's a really good storyteller. And then he he has um, animated them. And they are so hilarious. You're just like, yo, this guy is a mess. So I encourage you. Vision poet, um, yeah, because you know I like a, some somebody hit me the other day. They tagged me in Neil Cattell. Remember I told you like I like to watch his um his daily wrap up of like the election post election news. Yes, and because he's a so everyone's been telling me they've been like tagging me, letting me know like I'm here because of you, budget. He said this is so good. You're right. So if you just need like a little reprieve, Vision poet has just like I said these really funny, irreverent kind of stories of like you know of like. Especially because I'm 40 and he's around that same age. So when he tells like back when Diddy was bumping in the club, you're like, I remember that. And, and like, um, especially when you're from the East Coast, it's just, you know, it's like I said, it's a nice little reprieve. And he's a he's a, an account that I enjoy. Love uh, it. That's it. That's it. Thank you for the IG recommendation. You've not <laughs> failed us yet. 
All right, Tiff. Take care. I want pics of your tinsel-fied, Christmas-fied house, please. I will. I need to see it. All right. And I'm waiting for my clubhouse invite, okay? Yes. Well, I'm going to do right now. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.